Oh my god, we're back again. Oh my god, we're back again. Is that where you're going with that? Yeah. Um, that's Backstreet Boys, not insane. Yeah, I know. Yikes! I guess it's been around for a while. We got to strum up some new material once in and a while. You know, I'm on Team Backstreet Boys, and you're on Team Insync, so one <clears throat> point for me. So this is episode 27. Mm-hmm. A big episode. 27 is kind of our lucky number, you and me. True. It's our wedding day of the Numeral. month. Numeral. Yep. The our first dating day of the month. True. I don't know why else it's lucky. We were both 20. We have both lived through 27. That's a fact. Uh, so I'm going to cut straight to the chase. We okay. have Star Wars to talk about. And as everyone knows, we are like the two largest Star Wars fans <laughs> in this or you any other like galaxy. Star Wars. You don't even like Star Wars. I tolerate Star Wars. You liked The Force Awakens. I would not yeah. say that you like Star Wars as an institution. No, I was being facetious. Yeah, and I, as you, you called me, a, basically called me a fake fan earlier today. Uh, I, yeah. don't, I yeah. don't know if that's yeah. quite true. You basically did. What did I say? You said I'm not a real Star Wars fan. Um, you're not a Star Wars geek is what I meant to say. Yeah, I want to just be able to like things the amount that I want to like them and not have society pressure me about how much I need to like things or not like them. Preach. I really like Star Wars. I don't care about the extended universe and all of the novels. Mm -hmm. And I would be fine never watching episodes one through three again. But I'm allowed to just like them. Okay. Real quick, though, before we get into the movie, let's get a quick reading update from you. Because I had to literally pull you away (laughs) from a text just before in order to start podcasting. Yes. So I am on track with my reading goal. Yeah, more importantly, I have met my reading goal. 50 books, a nice round number. (gasps) What happened? Somebody just passed me on book digits. Douglas, damn you. What do you mean? Not overall. No, for this past month. Oh, yeah. Douglas is on fire. That's no fair. He's coming in late in the game, just jumping right ahead of me. You gotta be prepared for this kind of stuff. (sighs) Well, if I finish this book, I might jump back ahead of him. Okay, so what are your goal numbers right now? Um, I have... I'm... uh, uh, What? Earlier today, it said I was on schedule, and now yeah. it says I'm one book behind schedule, yeah. hours later. The clock doesn't forget. It never stops. What's that? I was going to make a Ferris Bueller quote, and now I don't remember what it is. Life moves mm-hmm. fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while. That quote. Is that when they try to put the car in reverse to get miles off the odometer? I don't know. Um, failed reference. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 76 books read out of my adjusted goal of 80 books. Yeah. So, um... Last year, my goal was 80, and I read 70. Yeah. But that was before rereads counted. True. The year before, my goal was 80, and I read 82. And the year before, my goal was 85, and I read 86. Wow. So I had set my goal as 85 this year because Mm -hmm. rereads count. True. So I figured I might as well set a similar goal to last year, and with rereads, I should be fine. And I've been uh, pretty behind for a while oh, now yeah. for for a, for a lot of reasons but mm. mostly just because I went through a couple of phases of just not reading that often mm. so I've read 10 books in December so far Whew. and I am like halfway through my next book what's this one autobiography it's really autobiography. good terrible name Ugh. especially because the protagonist is bi so it could have just been autobiography yeah and, like, maybe the bi in parentheses. So it was obvious that right. it was, like, a bi. Um, 
anyways, it's very good so far. It's about a... Plenty of puns to go to A bi character who moves from California to Utah, like in the mm-hmm. heart of Mormonville. Right. And falls in love with a Mormon boy. Mormon boy, okay. Who's about to go off on his mission. Right. So... It's, Boy, that does sound like right up your alley. It's really good so kind of far. Forbidden love. It's really good so far. Like forbidden mm. gay love, modern yeah. gay romance. That's your thing. And as we talked about with some of the other books that I've liked, he like he's not out, but he like he knows that he's bi already. Yeah. So you don't have like the Ari and Dante six hundred pages of. If it's a two hundred page <sighs> book, my god, felt like six hundred pages <sighs> of questioning and not understanding yourself. Okay. Whatever. I thought we were supposed to be talking about Star Wars. You uh, derailed me. Well, I need to do a quick, quick pledge drive because I'm sitting at Blue Diamond right now on book digits. About 30 points short. <laughs> Could you use some points to get me out of a couple jams? <laughs> the days the are most waning. Of this podcast is just inside jokes for you and I. That's why nobody listens. That's fine. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um. So, yeah. A couple upvotes wouldn't hurt you out there. Douglas, maybe we could... Get the raffle leaning in your favor if you upvote a few. Hey. Oh, oh, no. Okay. Uh, so it is officially Star Wars weekend. We saw the feature film on the Friday of the weekend. We had some minor visual 3D issues in our theater. Almost complained. Caused a commotion. I actually rather enjoyed it because at the same moment, three different times, everyone like, started looking up very oddly at the screen and then would take off their glasses, then put them back on, then take them off and put them on. It was a shared human experience, yeah. you're saying? I was mostly annoyed by that one dude on his phone in the front, in the, yeah, one of the front was... rows. I don't think he was filming. I was trying to figure no. out if he was filming. It was I a think, white screen, so I don't think so. I think he was just being dick. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I don't know his family situation. Maybe, like, someone is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's on call for work like you sometimes are. Mm-hmm. So I was trying not to be judgy and not yell out, hey, asshole, put your phone away. Like, I thought about yelling. Wow. Good restraint. Yeah. But I was quite annoyed because it was very distracting because from where I was, it was, like, just the bottom of my vision when I was looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the bright white. Back when I used to work in the Plano. Planetarium. The Planetarium. Not on um, the up and up. Some of my coworkers used to bring laser pointers. We have a laser pointer to use a screen. And they would use it on people's phones, so they would point oh. the laser at their phone screen. So I was wishing I had a laser and then pointer. Blind them as well. No, not in their eyes. Like it's mm. from behind them. So sure. you just point it onto their I screen. I see you. Yeah. So I wish I had one of those at the theater. You know what else was distracting? The first like hour and a half of this movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say of the previews. Oh, uh, previews were fine. I thought. Um. Yeah. The movie was like two and a half hours, and the first mm-hmm. like at least an hour. Was not great. Mm. It was, you were having a little bit of like a internal meltdown. I was like halfway through the movie. I could sense other people next to me because we were sitting next to some serious, serious geeks. The people on the other side of me were like a nice with family with yeah. kids. It was really cute, and mm-hmm. the kid was like just wholeheartedly laughing at some of the parts, and like, yeah. like I could hear the kid. The kid was like two seats away, and a couple times he went and like <laughs> audibly gasped. Yeah, it was really cute. He's probably like eight. Yeah, so I, the very first scene made me very uncomfortable. I thought perhaps, like, they were showing us the wrong cut, and they were showing us, like, outtakes or something. What was the first scene? The very first scene is Domhnall Gleeson, who I hated in this movie. Love him and everything else. Yeah. I don't know if I just don't want him to be a bad guy, but I think you just don't want him. I had very strong opinions about all the actors in this movie, which we'll get to. So he is, you know, running the, what are they called, the First Order? Sure. First Order ships, and he spots... Oh, God, this wine is not good. Yeah, this is the same one. It's not going to get any better. Oh, I forgot that 
Ugh, this is the winemaker's blend. It's not good. And everyone's favorite hero, not my favorite hero, Poe, what's his last name? Dameron. Dameron. So he's out showboating a bit, and he calls into the big destroyer ship, and they have like this really broad comedic Do you not thing. remember the first scene of The Force Awakens? It's exactly what the happens? same. Exactly the same. What happens? Uh, Poe shows up to try and um, help the guy on the desert, and then Kylo Ren shows up, and then they're both like in silence, and then Poe goes, do I talk first? Do you talk first? Do I talk first? Yeah. Same tone. Same exact tone. It didn't feel the same to me. Okay. It, felt it, like it was the, the same tone to me. In the first one, he was like trying to cut the tension a bit. This one felt like Spaceballs to me, like a Star Wars parody, where they were like, it felt like to me something that the Orville would do. Okay. Where they were like, hey, is he hearing me on this end? I thought they were going to jump into a Verizon commercial joke about, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I was just really caught off guard Obviously, and made you're uncomfortable. you're just horrified right now in your face. Oh, God. So I, about halfway through, mm-hmm. I don't know halfway, I wasn't like checking the time because I turned my phone off. Yeah. Like a respectable moviegoer. Um, I was just thinking, have I enjoyed parts of this film so far? Yes. Because right? I do like the characters. There's some funny bits. There's some funny bits yeah. that weren't awkward, but actually yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. BB-8 is amazing. I've enjoyed some of the characters. BB-8 yeah. is a beautiful angel, as yeah. usual. But is this a good movie? No. First half is not a no. good movie. And that's no. what I was thinking in my head was... Yes, I have enjoyed this, and it was worth coming and all that. Yeah. But is this a good movie? No, absolutely not. So, and then mm, the okay. second half changed my mind a little bit. Go ahead, John. Okay, so can I try to, like, dissect the first half? I, like, don't even know that I remember what happened because it was That's so jumpy. Go ahead. So the one clear storyline is where the first movie leaves off, which leaves Ray on some New Zealand island, you from what even, I can tell. I thought it was Ireland. Okay, it looks like I You didn't yeah. even remember how it ended. I, I had knew. to tell you. No, I, I had knew to tell that you. very last shot. I forgot what the politics were in play. Oh. We should have so, re- How did we not rewatch it? I know. So, she is on this island mm-hmm. and has found Luke. Mm-hmm. And so, their storyline goes on where she like, literally picks up to the second, basically. Yes. Oh, I, we should say, there's going to be crazy spoilers. If you haven't yeah. seen it yet, why are you listening? Um, do you think they filmed... She looked a little different to me in this movie. Miss Daisy. They didn't film it consecutively. Okay, so they got back out to the same island and tried to do the same show. As far as I'm aware, they did not. That that pulled me out a little bit. Anyway, so there's that plot line going of her trying to basically recruit Luke, right? Um, To come help everyone. yeah. And obviously she has some Jedi force powers and so they need to deal with that. Yeah. There's actually four plot lines in the first half. Okay. Second plot line is Kylo Ren, who's really out of the action. Mm-hmm. He's kind of in disgrace. He's chatting with, what's his face? Snoke. Supreme Snoke, Leader. Snoke. Who in the first movie was like a bad hologram and now is just this little alien figure? The, well, the point in the first or, the first movie was that he wasn't there. He was like okay. digitally. He was just transmitting it. Yeah. Okay. So there's those two, and then there's the resistance storylines. Mm-hmm. I'll get to the the bigger one maybe last. So okay. the the smaller one is poor poor John Bodega. Yeah. Boyega, what's his name? Boyega. Wow, he got I don't know if misused is the right word, but I just felt bad about what they sent him along in his plot. 
Yeah, I um, I was reading some tweets about this today. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go too much into like other people's analysis before we um, talked about it on our own because I yeah. didn't want to be too like swayed by what other people sure. had said. But um, someone was arguing that they kind of like ripped apart everything that the first that the yeah. Force Awakens, and I didn't necessarily feel that they like dishonored or like ripped it apart, but I did feel like they didn't really do. Serve, uh, do justice or they did a bit of a disservice to some yeah. of the characters because the whole I mean the main point of The Force Awakens was to get us to like these new characters yeah. in the new trilogy but like the secondary point of it was to show like how the character development was mm -hmm. like Rey was seen as kind of selfish like she didn't really care about the greater cause she yeah. just wanted her parents to come back and wanted like her personal life to get together yeah Finn always wanted to run away from his problems yep. and kind of at the end ran back towards the problems to save his friend. Big, big step. And that's what they ruined. The yeah. first thing about him being conscious yeah. is for him to try and run away again. And I yeah. get that maybe he's like in a tough situation. He's worried about his friend and he's kind of regressing and just yeah. doing what he knows. And like his friend that kind of grounded him is no longer there. Mm. But it just seemed a little bit of a disservice to his whole journey in the first movie to have right. him immediately try to run away again. Yeah. So he gets a sidekick who I have mixed feelings about. You're supposed to love her. Supposed to love her. Uh, she only loves her little necklace, though. It's for a dead sister. Yeah. You know who the dead sister was. We watched that in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, okay. got it. Um, and so they end up traveling... Like, all Star Wars movies have some jumping around. Yeah. And so they're the but travelers. But they have somehow hours to save the day. And okay. they are... <laughs> Let's get into it. So the biggest issue, and I'm pretty sure it's a plot hole, is, first off, the Resistance is, like, a terrible organization. Like, they need to hire a consultancy they... firm to come in and be like... You have bad management here. They are no one's out following manned, directions. Outgunned, outnumbered, yes. out. What's the last one? Shipped. Oh man, outgunned, outnumbered, outrun. What is that? Outgunned, outman, outnumbered, outplanned. Out I just beat you <laughs> on a Hamilton wrap off. Um, so okay, we can get into their organizational issues later, but they are the whole, the whole, the whole movie. They're trying to defend against. What's Domhnall's character name? General Hux? Yes. Him and his giant-ass ships who have mm -hmm. huge-ass lasers mm -hmm. and have plenty of fuel. Because guess what? The biggest, the biggest plot development in this movie is that the Resistance is running out of gas. Well, they're running out of resources is the point, honey. Yes. Out of resources, not of time. You're being a little bit too literal with it. No. No. It's literally because they're running out of gas. Because of that, they cannot yes, use hyperspeed. That's not why they can't use hyperspeed. It's because they'll catch them if they use hyperspeed, yes. and then they'll run out of gas. Yes. So instead, they never quite show it. They have nowhere to run. That's the point. But you right? They have nowhere to run. So in essence, what they describe is that the resistance stays like just out of the firing zone of the bad guys for the entire length of the movie. For like two hours of the yes. two and, and a half as you were hours. saying, it allows Finn and Sidekick to go off on other planets and come back, and still they are just outside the zone. Of danger. There's no mechanism within the First Order that they can get one ship ahead to blast those people. Well, the whole point is that the smaller ships are faster, so they can go faster, so they can yeah. stay just ahead of the other ships. Yeah. You don't buy that. I just thought 
that for having years to think up an intergalactic drama, mystery, uh, action thriller, they came up with, they're running out of gas and they're just staying ahead of this attack zone. I mean, it doesn't feel that far off from some, like, Star Trek episodes and stuff to me. I guess that's what it felt like. It felt like, to me, like it was just, like, again, an Orville episode or something silly like that. Not okay. enough to, like, wage all of humanity on. Okay. I didn't feel quite as strongly as that. <sighs> but what I did feel strongly about was the fact that they were like, we have a few hours before they catch us. And it yeah. was like, the best plan is for the two of you to go run off across the galaxy to try and find someone, convince them to come back, sneak aboard the ship, break into it and code it. And then somehow we'll still have enough fuel at that point to jump right. into light speed. I understand that it was like a desperate, desperate, like last second plot plan of theirs. Yeah. But in what the hell universe was that going to work? Yeah. So they get to their other planet that they're supposed to get to. They find the guy they're supposed to recruit, but then literally within seconds... And he's not Justin Thoreau or John Hamm? Can you look it up while I describe the next Sure. Bit? So they get thrown in prison, and they happen to stumble into a prisoner who is a thief and a genius and is able to get out of the prison within seconds. Now, why was this man staying in prison... It was it was Justin Thoreau. Really? Yep, that's Justin Thoreau in Star Wars The Last Jedi. You're fucking welcome. You Just did not a random me. ass cameo. Yes, the guy eight, with the red yes, lapel. Yes, Star Wars eight cameos. The surprise last Jedi appearances you might have missed. Okay, well, whatever. So in, I would have much rather had Justin Thoreau along for the ride rather than whoever this. What was his name? Bon, Bonficio or something? Who Benicio del Toro? Yeah, that sounds right. That's the person's name. Yeah, the actor. Yeah. And so, for whatever reason, the directors and the people behind the movie said, this guy needs to have a stutter. And so he stuttered throughout every single line of the rest Joseph of the movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. What? He was an alien in one of the Canto casinos. Oh, scenes. this is that movie where they were letting all celebrities have random-ass cameos. I guess so. Okay. So, anyways, they get back to the main ship, but they end up on... The bad guy's ship. And is it a rule in every single Star Wars movie that you have to have good guys dressing up as bad guys for a short period of time? Possibly. Prince William and Prince Harry. Yeah, I'm telling you. They had all these Oh, they were stormtroopers. Yeah. That doesn't really So, fortunately, Finn's whole storyline totally blows up in... Literally, in many ways. I mean, I appreciated that they didn't just, like, make that work, because it was so ridiculous. I was like, there's no way this plan is going to save them. Also, I didn't them. see much coding or decoding happening. He, like, moved a few wires around, and they were like, oh, we were close. So I thought the, like, Canto, like, Monte Carlo thing uh -huh. was too on the nose. Like, obviously, they were, like, pretty symbolic about the fact that, like, you know, all these old white dudes are getting rich off of these, the wars right. between the two Someone's of them. And the resistance yeah. looks um, very diverse, which I very much appreciated. Like, yeah. most of the resistance was women, people of color, yeah. whatever, which is accurate. Yeah. You see the people in positions of power in our society today are primarily white, old white dudes. Right. So I appreciate that, and I think that distinction is obvious mm -hmm. without being punchy in the face preachy. And I found the casino kind of section punchy in the face preachy. Yeah. Like, it was so on the nose and so obvious that they basically, like, just spelled it out. Like, people with money gamble it away and are bad. And us resistance people <laughs> who are fighting for the good cause, we're good. You know? It was, like, yeah. too black and white for me. Yeah. Too good versus evil. Yeah. And I understand that it is 
accurate. Like people do make money off of arms deals to both sides of wars. And I understand that. Yeah. But the way it was included in the film was not subtle. Mm. And the other issue I had with that whole side storyline, which like took up a lot of, first of all, I think money, CGI money. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> running kangaroos or whatever those yeah, guys Yeah. Secondly, were. just a lot of kind of mental time for the audience to be following yeah. that storyline and, and a lot of uh, time for, of writing and taking up time of the movie. Yeah. And it didn't change anything. No. Like, it kind of reminded me of, like, that kind of joke or whatever that, um, you know, the Indiana Jones movie, you probably don't. Mm. The Lost... The, Raiders of the, the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. Yeah. yeah. How there's that joke that, like, not, like Indiana Jones did not change anything. Uh-huh. Like, everything... If he had not gone, everything would have gone the same way right. that it did in the movie. Like, the plot would not have changed with him, with him or without him there. Yeah. Because he doesn't actually save anything. He doesn't... He gets captured. Everything plays out as it would have played out. Yeah. That's kind of what this reminded me of. Mm. And, I mean, the very last scene makes it seem like just because they were there, they inspired the next order. That's of the thing, is little... that the, the end of the movie is great. But the actual, like, collision of the storylines is only... It's sloppy, first of all. Yeah, and it only really pays off in, like, literally, like, six minutes of screen time. Yeah. So it's just way too much preamble to yes. lead up to that. And all these extra side missions and stuff. Yeah. Like, it almost seems like they had the storyline they were like, fuck, we don't have anything for Finn to do and he can't be asleep the whole time because yeah. people like him. And the movie's slightly too short. We think we could make it longer. And yeah. then they came up with this ridiculous side plot. Yeah. Like, it was not necessary to how the film progressed at all. No. And I felt like it felt like that. It felt uh, extraneous. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel... Like, when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, yeah, let's get back to the rest of the plot. Like, it right. didn't feel like it was as important of a plot line. Right. So the movie was constantly jumping around from those, like, four but points But, like, of in view. a really disjointed way. Yeah. Like, okay, I know middle films and middle books of trilogies yeah. tend to be like this, but the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, The Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> The Two Towers, is, like, my favorite one. And I think they do mm-hmm. a very good job of balancing the different storylines that really aren't connected at all. Right. The only way they're connected in that... Is, is that they originally were one fellowship that got split up. Yeah. But I think it manages it really well because yeah. all of them seem important in their own way and they all seem balanced. Right. And I d- that was the opposite of this. They That's did not do a good job of balancing the storylines. Okay. Like, they shouldn't have felt as disjointed if, as they did. Yeah. Because where it came from in The Force Awakens with how they all got together and then them splitting up but all for the same cause, like, that should have felt genuine and worked and it didn't and again the resistance should have been smothered like 12 times in this movie hope in the face of of obvious defeat like mr poe bugged me throughout the whole movie like he's so pretty uh, but he's like trying to do the right thing but not really and he's terrible at taking directions and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't and then poor Poor Princess Leia. Are we going to talk about the... um, Who has like 12 opportunities to die in the movie. I just um, could not handle... Major spoiler here, I guess. But I just could not handle when she floats off into space and her force powers save her. Yeah. I am all for her having um, kind of secret force 
uh, sensitive powers that she taps into sometimes but isn't a Jedi and I'm fine with that. Yeah. They've kept that pretty much as a constant throughout the films yeah. is that she's force sensitive. She kind of can feel when someone she loves is in danger. She maybe can protect herself a little bit or use her force powers. So I'm fine with her being able to kind of propel herself through the air in a time of need because it shows that with Rey in the first movie as well. Like she doesn't tap into it until she's like, you know, life threatened or very yeah. anger or like the emotions are at the surface. But having the force and being able to move objects, fine. Mm -hmm. That object includes yourself, so you can kind of fly for a second, fine. Yeah. That force protecting you from being suffocated and or freezing to death instantly in the middle of outer space. Yeah, she kind of becomes crystallized in outer space, and I was like, oh, this is her big send-off. And, and I, was like, no, I was like in tears. I was yeah, ready for that to be no, the send-off. But then she floats back to an exploding ship. With real bad CGI. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, you thought they were going to send someone up there and... and Track her floating through space? No, but I think in nowadays in film, they're much better with computer stuff that it doesn't always, it doesn't look like CGI. That yeah. looks like CGI. Yeah. So she survives, but then she's not in a great state. So her god-awful vice admiral takes over. Laura Dern. Who's like the mom from Fault of Our Stars and some other random stuff. I'm sure she would hate if that was the one thing you remember. What am I supposed to remember her from? <laughs> I don't know. Not that. Um, I thought she, I did not think she was cut out for that role or for this movie. No, I mean, I don't think they gave her a lot to work with in terms of writing because yeah. her role was basically supposed to be like, why do I always do this? I was going to say playing the cards close to the cuff. Um, playing She's the cards close the to her mud. chest or, yeah. um, what's the cuff phrase? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> she was supposed to be kind of holding things close to her chest. Is that the phrase? Sure. She was supposed to be hiding things yeah. and just like being like aloof and like, I know what's best for us or whatever. So yeah. I don't think they gave her a lot to work with, mm. but yeah, she did not really, um, she didn't sell it for me. No, she didn't really make me look like her character or sympathize yeah. with her character or anything. I thought Carrie Fisher was fantastic in this one after being quite stilted in the first one. Yeah. So it's too bad that obviously she's not around to finish it off. I'm going to phrase that a little bit differently. What? It's horribly sad that she died regardless yeah. of, of the Star Wars movies continuing. Yeah. But yeah, I am interested to see what they're going to do with the next movie and, and what it could have been if yeah. she was around with this type of acting chops. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that the storyline I cared the most about was Kylo Ren. Yeah. Adam's so good. And I think that is bad hmm. for the movie because I am very primed to be invested in, like, non-white boy characters at this point, especially uh -huh. in 2017. Yeah. And somehow I felt the most emotional towards him, which I feel like is a little bit either bad writing or bad cinematography or bad acting on the other characters or something, because hmm. why didn't I care more about Ray's journey or care more about Finn or care more about Poe? Um, well, Kylo's the only one that's, like, confronting his past and has something to work off of. I guess. Finn and I just kind of played it really yeah. straight. And Ray like, has no... Literally straight. What was with that weird Asian... Weird kiss with the Asian girl? Yeah. Come on. And... He's in love with Poe. Oh, Ray. Or there's a... Thought. No, Poe's in love with him. He's in love with Ray. And, but you saw Ray saw the... Saw the little... Little cuddles and was like, ugh, oh, at the very end. With who? When she saw Finn and the sidekick nuzzling together, she made a face. You didn't pick up that. on that? No. Mm. I want them to just be best friends. Mm. Or I want a love triangle with Poe 
Like, I want the, the trilogy to have a love triangle like the original See, trilogy I been, did. Yeah, I would have been fine if they had devoted more than two and a half hours to a ridiculous love triangle. And also, they what? set up such good, like, chemistry between the three main characters in the first movie, and none of them were together at any point in this movie. Correct. That's always a huge risk in a book or a movie, like you were saying, when you split up people like that. Yeah. But yeah, that was part of the issue I had with the last Kylo Star Trek was, movie too. Was the shit in this one? He had the best characters character arc, mm-hmm. and well, he's got familial ties within the movie. I think he has just the best writing. Like mm-hmm. I think they just gave him the best storyline, the yeah. best character. Mm-hmm. But I've really had a lot of feelings for his character, his journey. Yeah, and I involuntarily clapped when he turned that lightsaber on. Yeah, I did. Teamwork. I did. Found family. You might even say. Uh, so I had a lot of feelings towards that. I, I'm i a little bit convinced, though, that he was lying about Ray's parents to try and... Because the way he said it, it was in mm. the moment of him trying to manipulate her. Right. I really think that... I I know they're not the same height, but I really think they're <laughs> twins. Or siblings. Fraternal because, twins. Because Leia and Luke are twins. And it runs yeah, in families. But twins, how would neither of them have families. ever mentioned... How would Han... Han and Leia never mentions to they had a second To keep them safe. Kid. Leia and Luke didn't know they had siblings. Hmm. To keep them safe. That was the whole point. Hmm. Was that they separated Luke and Leia, and Luke went to some random desert planet. Yeah. And Leia... line up exactly. Yeah, and Leia was, like, with her father who's in the Resistance. So it would be the exact parallel. Yeah, that has to be ben, some... Kylo Ren, or Ben was raised with his parents in the Resistance, mm-hmm. and the other child was sent off to a desert planet. And maybe she's just short because she was stunted and starved her whole childhood. Right. But Empire Strikes Back is where you get Luke, I am your father, right? No idea. So, oh my god, I'm the better fan. Yeah, okay. Um, so really, there should have been a parallel in this one, if they were really keeping them in sync. But Maybe it just wasn't overt. Maybe you were supposed to pick up on that parallel, without them coming out and saying, <sighs> Ray, I am your brother. I am your brother. So, how did this one leave us at the end? Luke Skywalker has wait because don't you think ascended. that don't you think that if if Kylo Ren told Rey that her mom was Leia she would have immediately just run back to the Resistance because she wanted a mom more than she wanted a brother. Wait, if who? And she's already lost. If Kylo Ren kn- yeah. knew who her parents were, yeah. and told her. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you that he was playing a manipulating game. But why wouldn't have her uncle Luke have said something? Maybe he didn't know. Hmm. There's got to be some sort of family Darth Vader didn't know, twist. did he? No, he Luke, didn't know. I am your father. He said it. He didn't know Leia, did he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Not a good thing. Sorry. Okay, so Luke Skywalker has ascended, gone from the series He's now? He's Yoda. He's the new Yoda. Okay, so he'll be in like a... Hazy. Potentially, but I'm saying that's how Yoda died as well. Because okay. he didn't actually die. He just kind of like went out. His particles just went so out. So the Resistance the only has like a half dozen people left. They started I off knew this that. movie I with knew like that 100 Luke wasn't people. real there. You called I it. I called yeah. it. But the Resistance, I would not recommend joining the Resistance if you're out there listening. Because you're going to get murdered. Well, basically, Your chance of survival is very slim. You're a red shirt. If you're one of the other pilots, you know yeah. what that means? Yes, okay. I know. I know the Scalzi Star Wars universe okay. meta stuff. Um, so you're there to die. Yeah, but I think 
the point they were trying to make at the end of this was that maybe the resistances resistances mm -hmm. place in this at this point is not to be out there attacking ships and maybe mm -hmm. it's just to be still existing and giving people hope and letting them resist in small ways until they can kind of regroup. Okay. Like kind of the point was was so that they're gonna start the like point, going door to door is book is movie no, three. The point um, that was Leia witnessed? was trying to make to Poe mm -hmm. is that they don't always have to go in guns blazing shooting something to be totally agree to be making to be having a purpose or making. They a couldn't difference. have come up with that realization like well she did in, yeah I'm totally she she was the leader she should have everyone should have been listening to her so anyways. <sighs> This was a half an hour of convoluted mess. But point being, this was not a very smooth, no. well-balanced movie. The mm -hmm. second half of the movie, excellent. Edge of my seat, yeah. adrenaline, like involuntarily clapping in the theater, yep. like like <gasps> like gasping, hands over my face, and like had me right on the edge of my seat, right there for the last hour. But I was on the edge of my seat for the entirety of the first movie. And I don't even like yeah. Star Wars. Yes. But from the opening scene, I was like, whoa, whoa! Whoa, what's that rolling thing? Whoa. And I know some of that is just because it's all new, or most yeah. of it was new in that one. And when we watched the original trilogy, I only cared for the first one. I didn't care for the second one, and I thought the third one was an abomination. Okay. Uh, so maybe I just, I'm just a first movie kind of guy. Maybe you just like that energy of the, the yeah. new introduction. But yeah, I was just sitting there like, I could check my phone right now. I could doze off a little bit. I, I wasn't, wasn't worried about missing anything. I wasn't checking my phone necessarily, but I was just kind of anticipating in a bad way i was kind of like waiting for it to start you know yeah. because the first hour and a half felt like the first 10 minutes yeah. like it felt like a lot of slow intro mm -hmm. that yeah you're right the first movie did not have that i've seen the force yeah. awakens many a time yeah. and every it single time every single time mm -hmm. i like watch it with just like glee the whole time yeah this movie if we do watch it again mm -hmm. like not in theaters like if we own it yeah i will like skip the first hour yeah. and then just watch the last hour and a half or whatever because yeah, it was just not not great. Also, my last rant, which is totally inconsequential, mm -hmm. end credits. Okay. Miss Lupito Nyong'o. Did I say her name correct? No. Close? Lupita Nyong'o. Okay. That's fine. You're going to give her credit. She was literally in the movie for 30 seconds, correct? And she's primarily... On a screen. Within the screen. Yes. Movie not within even a movie within a movie. Yeah. And she obviously is not there as her physical self. I assume she's mostly just a voice. Maybe her facial, some facial recognition yeah. or something. But they listed her like fourth in the script. Not fourth. In the, in the credits. But like partway through, like it was before Mark people. Hamill, Carrie Fisher, then I think Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley, and, yeah. um, John Boyega, Oscar Isaacs, and then Don, I think Don Don Gleason. Yeah. Um, what's his face? Kylo Ren. Yeah, Adam Driver. And then Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. So like after the main build cast, she was next, which is a bit odd. Yeah. And I, I people just have a fast. Is she the new Bubble Fett? Like like people just no, are obsessed. with No, I don't with think it? people are even that obsessed with her. I think she's oh, just the I name. Just, browsing on the internet, I feel like she's that like character. An Oscar yeah. Okay. Anyways, we can move on now. Um. Yeah. I think we should do some news now. We're Settle going back down. to newses. Okay. Yeah. Good news, um, bad, bad news, news, and good news, and bad news, news, but Benny doesn't have much this week. I didn't have much until like a day or two ago. I'm going to start with bad news. Okay. Um, I know that everyone out there is sick of me talking about Taylor Swift. She's in my bad news section this, this week. Okay. So, I want to preface this by saying that Big I, <laughs> I 
never want to force a celebrity to come out about any, well, to come out, period. But <gasps> she's no, it's not where I was getting. I just realized my phrasing was bad. I never want to force a celebrity to have to be like politically relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, like, n- nobody handles fame the same way. And a lot of times celebrities can't win because they've got quite a broad fan yeah. base. And no matter what they say, gonna somebody's going to be upset. If they say yeah. something, they're going to be upset. If they don't mention a certain thing, people yeah. are going to be upset. Lose-lose. It's a lose-lose-lose-lose-lose situation for them. Mm-hmm. That being said, mm-hmm. Taylor had a birthday the other day. Good. the same age. On the 13th? On the 13th. And she came out and said, 2017 was the best year ever. Wow. I think the tweet that sums it up best was, read the room, Taylor. Yeah. Read the room. She posted that on Twitter. Uh, On Instagram, which was then like linked to her Twitter. So, Taylor, my girl, I am happy that you had a good year. Mm. Did she really, though? Her album did well. She has like a new boyfriend that she loves. She's like, I like a house in London now or something. Mm Mm-hmm. So happy for you that you had like just a personal nice year. Like mm-hmm. inside your heart, you feel warm and fuzzy about where you are in your life. Yeah. Good for you. You can write that in a journal or a diary. Good for you. Read yeah. the fucking room. Twenty seventeen was a rough year. And twenty seventeen she also had a sexual assault trial yeah, within just that seems year. A little tone and deaf yes, on she counts. she won that trial. Yeah. But she had to go through with the court like dissecting her reaction to someone groping her in public. Yeah, when I think about what would make a good year for me, I don't think about being groping dragged or, through yeah. a sexual harassment trial. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not up there in your best years of all time. No. And I understand that it's just a little bit of a cliched thing to say, like, oh this was the best year, yeah, I can't wait for next year kind of thing. Yeah. Read the room. Very tone deaf and just, you at least have to preface that because I thought maybe they took it out of context. A no. little bit out of context because yeah. it was kind of in a birthday message of like, thanks for all the love this year. This was yeah. the best year yet. Can't wait to see what 28 brings or whatever. So it, it was a little bit out of context, but not really. Like she could have at least prefaced it by saying like, this was a tough year, mm-hmm. but overall I feel really good about where I am. Like, there's different Mm -hmm. ways as you could have phrased that, that wasn't like, oh, this year with all the terrible shit that happened in our country and the world, I'm doing fine, so screw the rest of you. It just Mm -hmm. seems very, screams, it screams privilege to me that she is able to kind of push aside all of the bad shit that happened Mm -hmm. and just be like, this was the best year ever. Like, like, a lot of good stuff happened to me this year. A lot of shitty stuff happened this year. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a mixed year. It was a year. It was a year. Like, every year. Could she have swung the election? Um, people are saying that the fact that she posts that she posted that means that she voted for Trump, which I think mm-hmm. is a rough jump. Yeah, it, I think yeah. that's reading too much into it. I think she just needs to check her privilege, as they say, and maybe realize that proclaiming this the best year ever with all the bad shit that went down mm-hmm. is not the the most appropriate thing to do. She's not quite awoken yet. Yeah, she is. She is very asleep with that with that quote. Well, my bad news is pretty much just on par with that in terms of criticality. It's about avocados. <laughs> okay. I have another bad news as well. It's a little more serious, but you can do that. I, I struggled finding an actual bad news. bad news. Okay. Um, so a supermarket in the UK has decided to invent a new breed of avocados. Okay. Avos, as they say in Australia. Yeah. Which the millennials just, they just soak them up. Yeah. Can't buy houses because they buy too many So avocados. they are billing this as a safer avocado. Because, safer, because like, spiritually? No, because hospitals are finding a lot of, and doctors are finding a lot of people coming to them with avocado hands. 
which means I'll do a motion now because I know the podcast people at, at home love it when I do motions. Okay. When you're slicing the avocado... It gives you carpal tunnel. No. Sometimes the knife will slide off of the pit, and you end up slicing your hand right down here. You need an avocado tool like we have, like most... uh, I know. That would have been an easy fix, rather than inventing a new crop. Maybe they should just give out free avocado tools. So, I'll show you the pick. It basically looks like a... Kind of a cucumber zucchini. I don't like that at all. Yeah. And it has no pit. That's actually the only feature. The length of it matters not at all. It looks ugly. But it has no pit, and they think that will stop people from stabbing themselves in the hand. And that was the most important thing to solve. Not yes. With the world, not world hunger or... No. No, just... Okay. Yeah. So that's UK only. Also Can't get death. it. Can't get it across the pond. My other bad news is a pretty serious one. Okay. Did you hear about the banned words from the CDC? Saw the headline, no. didn't click it. Seven words you can't say on TV? That, that you can't say George for Carlin? the Center of Disease Control, CDC. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying FCC. Nope. CDC. What can I say about diseases? So the CDC is no longer allowed to use the following words. Fuck me. Not, that's that's two not of one them? of the words. I just can't find the article. Fetus. Mm-hmm. Transgender. Diversity. Vulnerable. Okay. Entitlement. Science-based, evidence-based. So the first few... People are taking a lot of offense to the first ones, like fetus and transgender, because obviously that's a way of silencing LGBT identities and abortion access or what have you. Mm -hmm. I am very troubled by the last two. Right. A scientific organization is not allowed to use the word science-based or evidence-based in their reports. Okay, so just a quick step back. So this isn't any sort of published report that From they... From the CDC, correct. Okay. And do they write about more than just diseases? They publish a lot of papers. They're a, okay. They're quite a large scientific research organization. Okay. So they do a lot of research into they any sort of They can't use the disease. word fetus? What nope. if there's a disease in a fetus? Nope. Can't use the word fetus. Okay. Synonyms okay? I I suppose, but that's not the point. Okay. Interesting. You think it's interesting. I think it's horrifying. Any sort of ridiculous censorship like that is a dictatorship. No, I'm just baffled by it. But I don't understand how a scientific organization is not allowed to use the the phrases science-based or evidence-based when that is... That one doesn't make any sense. I mean, it does if you have a vice president who doesn't believe in science. Who doesn't believe in evolution or global so, warming or But they can publish vaccines. they can publish a finding without saying that, even if it was scientifically based. Uh, in theory, but I think it's a bit of a slippery slope that yeah. if they're not letting them use these words, then what what's stopping them from not letting them publish things that are based on these these areas? So yeah, the people who are promoting this, they're in favor of them writing reports about fairy tales or something? I just don't get the end game here. The end game is to not, not let them write reports about know. things that the government, the current government does not approve of. Right. The point is science censorship. The point okay. is controlling what their research, not only what they research, but what they're allowed to publish about their research. So if they came out with findings <sighs> that the current government did not agree with or did not like, they would be able to stop them from publishing that and sharing that knowledge. Yeah, now I feel bad about talking about avocados. It's scientific censorship and it's fucking terrifying to me terrifying because like 
just like the government and the church is supposedly supposed to kind of have a separation, government Mm -hmm. and science should be the same way. Science should, I, I know that realistically it is not science is not unbiased obviously science is biased because scientists are people who have biases scientists are sponsored by companies and and corporations and whatever that are biased and i get that science is going to be a little bit biased but the point of peer-reviewed science is that the same experiment and theory would get done a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and reviewed by a bunch of different people and if you keep coming to the same conclusion then that hopefully means that if a bunch of independent studies came to the same conclusion, Mm -hmm. then that's the kind of the best idea you have for what that conclusion is. Wow. So if you're not allowing people to publish on this, Mm -hmm. then you're just adding an extra layer of bias to science. And there's already an issue of science getting out to the general public the way it's supposed to. Like global warming is real. And the fact that most people don't believe it is partially like a political agenda by certain people. And also partially just the fact that scientists are often bad at, at telegraphing their, at sharing their research and getting it to be understood by the average person. Mm -hmm. And this level of censorship is just going to make that 10 times worse. Okay. It's very scary to me. All right. Take a sip of wine. That's very scary. Will I though? Uh, I think we need to talk about good news. Okay. I do have some good news. Uh, Mine is perhaps my favorite good news of all time. Okay. But again, in the scope of things, it's not terribly important. American Express says sometime next year, they will stop requiring signatures at all for any of their cards. Thank God. Is it going to be PayPass? Uh, so you're not even going to need a pin code. They say they've gotten good enough at fraud detection that you plug in your chip card to the machine and you take it out. So PayPass, but with just with an insertion yeah. instead of a tap. Correct. Beautiful. I might have to switch to Amex. That, I, I would seriously start thinking about using only my Amex now. Because it's so ridiculous. Even the with way a debit you, card, I have to sign most of the time. Yeah, you have to put in the chip. If the chip reader is working. Half the time it says, don't have chips, swipe. And then half yeah. the time you swipe, it says, why aren't you using the chip? Right. And then at the end, it tells you to sign. And the second you hit the OK button, every store has a different chime. But they all go, ah, 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 it's remove like your card. card. And then I've Give gotten, me a second. I've gotten very confused because the yes and no are different on, on different ones. Like, I had that issue with that one thing where it was like, is this correct? Yeah. You usually click yes. And yes this, was in red or something. No, it was, do you have any changes? So yeah. I was supposed to put no. Right. When every other one is you click yes. My God. It was a whole thing. I started, what is this world we live in? I don't know. So. Then my only other yeah. quick good news, which might be on your radar. You were going off about the Great American Baking Show. Yeah. It's doing it, terribly, right? So it get canceled it got, yet? Well, it got canceled, but not for good reason because of a sexual misconduct Oh, Jesus thing. Christ. Hello, 2017. Best year ever. So it's off the air, though. All right. Okay. Hit me with some happy news. I also have one weird news coming up, too. Because that's, that's a new a segment. segment. That is weird news with Danny. That's not a segment. Um, I have a couple of good news. Most of them are like cute little things. Okay. Um, did you see the British Nana that was dancing to Hamilton? Mm-mm. Am I legally allowed to play the clip right now? A red coat? Uh, if it's just on YouTube, I'm sure, yeah. Okay. It is very cute. So it's this, um, oh Jesus, I don't know if I can find it. What side of the war was she on back then? (laughs) I don't know. Um, It is this adorable British grandma saying that she likes hip hop and jazz. Uh And her granddaughter plays her um, the uh, Room Where It Happened song from Hamilton, which Uh is pretty jazzy. Yeah. And um, the Nana just like dances around their kitchen and it's adorable all right, here we go. Okay. She hates punk rock. Uh, she 
she likes hip hop rap okay. crap and jazz. I mean, heavy. New Orleans, Alabama, giant, proper jazz. So have you listened to the soundtrack of Hamilton then? No. Oh, you'll like the room where it happens. I'll play it for you now. Oh, do. Okay. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, Bottom now too. Okay. Still going. I think she's liquored up, to be honest. It's, but it's so exciting. She's so happy about it. That's good. Does she know the British lost? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, another good news of mine was there was a segment for some magazine called What's in the Box with John Boyega and Gwendolyn Christie. Okay. Do you know who Gwendolyn Christie is? No. She was Captain Phasma. Yeah. Um, she's the really tall blonde lady that's in Game of Thrones as well. She's Brienne. Sure. You don't know who she is? Yeah. Yeah, and John Boyega. Um, and they were doing this, like, challenge, obviously, for their press tour, where, like, they had to just stick their hands in this box, and there was something in the box, and they didn't know what it was. That's fun. Um, one time it was a snake. Uh-huh. One time it was a bearded dragon. Ooh. One time it was just a stuffed animal. One time it was a live dog. Is this a bad uh, Jimmy Fallon sketch A little bit, but it was really funny. Okay. Because the two of them were just flipping out about it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm explaining it really poorly, but I'll definitely post it because it was really funny watching their reactions. Okay. Um, you, please, you would freak if you had to stick your hand in a dark box and there was a snake moving around in there. Yeah, I'm never going to become a celebrity if that's what I have to do. Yeah. It's childish antics. So I would be fine with like snakes and lizards and stuff, but the second I even thought it was a spider, I would cry and run away. Not great TV then. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. Depending on how much I was crying, I suppose. Um, another little video clip, the Pitch mm. Perfect cast. So I am, like, a little bit over Pitch Perfect. Like, it uh, was a cute yeah. first movie. The second movie wasn't great, and now it's the third one. It didn't really need to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there have been worse movie sequels, for sure. sure. But But they had a pretty funny segment on Ellen. Okay. Um, and... They had a long kind of tangent about how everybody has a serial killer trait. Okay. Which is that one Dark trait. place to start? Listen. The, no, the place where it started was that one of them took their bra off and gave it to the other one because she forgot her bra. Oh. So one of them wasn't wearing a bra. Okay. They announced that on live TV. Hmm. Not live TV, but hmm. on TV. Ellen. Anyway, so um, they basically said... Snapfish every- will sponsor your bra. <laughs> Pretty much. Third love. Um Everyone has this one trait that if you ever go crazy, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, I should have known. Right. And there's that one trait. So one of them, like Anna Kendrick says that she has to have her sunglasses lined up in perfectly like symmetrical order uh-huh. whenever she like goes to a hotel. Like she takes out 10 sunglasses and like lines them up in like this perfect weird. line, which is weird. Rebel Wilson's was that she's only ever seen any movie one time. Okay. She's never, ever seen a movie. for The, the only movie she's seen twice is A League of Their Own because it's her favorite movie and she's seen it twice. Seen it twice. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. So they all had like this weird kind of mm-hmm. serial killery traits. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mine would be. I don't know what yours would be. I was trying to figure it out. Oh, okay. What would our traits be? I was going to say too many to count for you. What? <laughs> that was a joke. Give an example of some of them. Um, Your serial killer traits. Yeah. That trait that's like just a little off that people would like 
going forward be like, I should have known because she did this. That should have been like a, like a sign. I would say the way that you bite, good timing right now, the way you bite your nails while you're reading, I always kind of think that like you might kill me while you're doing <laughs> that. Okay. Like if I was to interrupt you while you were reading, you would just like take those nails and dead. Like it dagger like them I'm into my neck. Something like yeah, a, like you seem like, like a, a witch, a kind of. Yeah. I was gonna say it's that I don't like bacon. I feel like people um often, people would shun you for that. People yeah. often like are shocked when I say that, especially like being an American when yep. we were like in Australia. That like I don't yep. like bacon. True. People thought that was real strange. Mm-hmm. Suspect. Yeah. Or okay. then maybe that I don't like Austin Powers or one of those things because you find that very weird. Okay. What would yours be though? My weird tick. No, yours is the think? way that you wash your hands before you take your contacts out. Mm-hmm. It's real OCD. I like to have clean hands all throughout the day. But you do the same pat with the with the paper towel every single time that you yeah. wash your hands. Pat 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 pat. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's a sequence. I can picture you doing that after you've killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> this is a fun, fun game. game. <laughs> Anyways, that was a funny segment. You ready um, for your weird news? We have one last thing. Oh my god, you're supposed to bring one thing to the table. Oh, oh yeah? You have a totally different segment that's not even part of it. Weird mm. news is not a thing. Um, the last one I already read to you and you didn't think it was that funny because you didn't think it was real, but that predictive mm. text Harry Potter thing. Yeah, it was okay. Um, I mean, I kind of read you a little bit of a... Um, so this was an algorithm trying to, to digest all of Harry Potter canon and spit out... Book eight or but something else. But like predictive else. text, that's the point. Like, okay. have you ever so tried it started the predictive... with one word and just went from that? Yeah. So Using only Harry Potter. Yes. So it put, so you know how they do the predictive test on your, text on your phone and it's by yeah. what you've done and they, everyone has those Facebook games now of like, what would your predictive <clears throat> test be, text be for how next year is going to go and you like type until it makes a sentence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So they did that. So they, the only thing they typed was all seven Harry Potter books in a row and then they used predictive text to come yeah. up with a chapter. Got it. So the book was called... Harry Potter and the Portrait of What Looked Like a Large Pile of Ash. Right. And I'm just going to read the very beginning segment because it, like, there's a it good starts line, kind yeah. of, yeah, there's a good punchline. There's some really other strange segments as well. Um, so I'll just read the, the beginning mm-hmm. and then maybe some other Go ones. But, okay. The chapter is called The Handsome One. The castle ground snarled with a wave of magically magnified wind. The sky outside was a great black ceiling which was full of blood. The only sounds drifting from Hagrid's hut were the disdainful shrieks of his own furniture. Magic. It was something that Harry Potter thought was very good. Leathery sheets of rain lashed at Harry's ghost as he walked across the grounds toward the castle. Ron was standing there and doing a kind of frenzied tap dance. He saw Harry and immediately began to eat Hermione's family. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, Not over it. Ron's Ron shirt was just as bad as Ron himself. What about Ron magic, offered Ron. To Harry, Ron was a loud, slow, and soft bird. Harry did not like to think about birds. Um, and then there's a weird part where, like, Death Eaters are kissing each other on the cheeks. There's a part where Hermione yells, beef women. Um, Harry calls Voldemort a very bad and very mean wizard. One of the tall Death Eaters is wearing a shirt that says Hermione has forgotten how to dance, so Hermione dips his face in mud. Um, Ron is the handsome one, says Harry. Um, so this is the new wave of fan fiction. Yes, it's better than some fan fiction I've read. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> the other good line is, Harry looked around and then fell down the spiral staircase for the rest of the summer. <laughs> I've been falling. <laughs> for th- 
already made it. One summer. Yeah. Um, so I'll post that as well. It's pretty funny, and someone has done some kind of funny little comics or illustrations to it already. Um, so it's pretty cute. And it's cool. a good take on like the predictive text kind of meme things that are going around. Do you want okay. to do your weird news now? Oh, yeah, weird news. So the headline is apparently there's a red panda. In the Hello Kitty universe? Oh, yeah. This is ages old. And she's, But she's getting her own Netflix show now. Oh, okay. So I didn't know how you'd feel about an animated red panda show. Um, I assume how, it's animated. Maybe it's live action. How Hello Kitty-y is it going to be? Unclear. Because I thought the red panda was like an overworked millennial. Like, she had it's a whole storyline uh, about that. Because I remember when that came out. Yeah, she's a rage panda is how she's described. I do love red pandas. I have red panda socks. Yeah. Um... But I don't know about that. Okay, so this has been a long episode already, but we're going to wrap up with one other short segment. Something that has never been done before on this never, podcast. Never, do you want Do you want to intro it? Well, I, I was already thinking of a sound to do for it. So oh. I'm thinking whenever we talk about this subject, I'll just go... No, no, I got it. Hey! <laughs> I think I should go, hey! 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 hey. <laughs> so, you're probably very baffled right now. You probably shut it off already. This is our video games segment. This it's, is a true nerding out episode. It has taken us months to get through this one video game, so do not expect this very often. Right. No, it's going to be a rarity. Although, but... Santa did tell me you were getting some more for Christmas, we'll so see. a couple months from oh, now, boy. we might have to do another one. Yeah, so we are, not, we are not gamers out in Australia, except for my Nintendo Classic, which mm -hmm. we've talked about on this podcast plenty of times. But now we're on to PS4, and we started playing Witcher, Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt. You started playing it while I was Without away. You, yeah, and back then in you September, let me join in. You joined my campaign. Saved your life a few times. I'm pretty good at also video game strategy. I'm yeah. pretty good at video game strategy. Yeah, I also have a penchant for falling off of cliffs and dying. Yep, or getting stuck in, in small <laughs> areas. I should be a video game tester. Yeah. If, I will break your game immediately yep. and tell you what you need to fix because I'll get stuck under a cart. I'll get stuck between the walls of a building. I'll yep. get stuck on a stairs. That one time you internalized the horse's face. <laughs> yes. Got stuck inside a horse. Yeah. Yeah. So I killed the horse a lot mm. of times. It would just disappear underneath me because I jumped off a cliff yeah. with it. Yeah. So Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, we finally finished the main storyline. We should mention we've never played Witcher 1 or 2. No. We finished the main storyline this week, coming in at about 66 hours of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Most new games, like Call of Duty, like have 15 to 20 max hours of a first-person game. Most of, at least half of those hours are my fault, though. Yeah. I am, first of all, kind of bad at video games. We have different strategies, for Secondly, sure. Secondly, no, I'm just like actually bad at mashing yeah. buttons. Yeah, you're not a great button masher. No. no. Secondly, or as, as, as shown by Crash Bandicoot, yeah. I don't have the right timing for video games. I always fall to my death. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah. other problem I have is I'm a little bit of a completionist. Yeah, and just kind of a annoying. curiosity kind of person. Like, yeah, you're not a if? completionist. You just like to wander off and do a random thing. Yes, because on each island, there's all these different question marks. What could it be? Yeah, but there's also a main quest. And there's free shit everywhere. There's treasures and smugglers' caches and just, like, people's shit in their homes. Yeah. Just walking in and Witcher steel. 3, you can loot pretty much anything, including these poor, poor people who have nothing but water and bread in their houses. Need and you just water. steal it from them. The guards aren't there. So, Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt is, like, a fantasy role-playing game, kind of. It's very, like, Lord of the Rings meets Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
So you, so yeah, it's on a different kind of universe entirely, but there's a big war going on. You can get involved in the politics of the different areas, but you don't have to. But if you don't, you have limited endings, which we found right. out. Because a witcher is kind of a mer mercenary, so he's Mercenary a magician. Yeah. Or mercenary, like... He's meant to kill wild beasts and things. Yeah. Yeah. Monster killer. Mercenary yeah. monster killer. Exactly. So you play as Geralt of Rivier. Uh, who is this big, hulking, white-haired dude. Yeah, you can get his hair cut. You can get his hair cut. You can strip him of all clothes, as we experimented <laughs> with at the very end. He can somehow carry 150 pounds on his back at all times. Yeah, it's ridiculous how many things you can do in this game. You can... You can make potions. You can add armor. You can add weapons. You can craft You things. can have multiple swords. You can have hatchets. You can, you can steal have, horses. Yeah. Um, you can swim. You can swim. You can ride on horses. Um, boats were terrible. Boats was terrible. So yeah, the actual, my only probably disappointment in the game is some of the actual physics of the gameplay. Uh, the horseback riding isn't great. The Every time he gets off his horse, he just kind of like does a gymnastic move and like vaults off the back of the horse. Yeah. That's not how you get on and off a horse. Yeah. But from start to finish, I think this is probably the best game overall I've ever played. Best voice acting by far. Except for Dandelion. Except for one character, Dandelion, who sounded like he was out of like a young adult rom-com or something. Yeah, his balls never dropped for sure. Yeah. But the best voice acting other than that, the best dialogue, the best interactive dialogue, where a lot of games, either you just see cutscenes and do nothing, this had a great mix of And even the cutscenes, like they had something. these actual armor and his haircut and everything. Yeah. Like everything they did a really was custom good job to with what that. you... I did feel on. that some of the cutscenes towards the end were a little gratuitous. I'm sure they just kind of had to finish, but yeah. sometimes they would take you out of a cutscene so you could walk upstairs and put yeah. you into another cutscene. It's like, just leave that as one fucking scene. The best sex in any video game I've ever played. Yeah. I grew Lots up with Grand Theft Auto where you could sometimes honk and get a hooker to come to your window. Yeah. And people wonder why people think that video games are misogynistic, Jesus yeah. Christ. This game, yeah. Okay, yeah, you can go first and I'll put my female rants in here. So you had to, you could romance different characters within the game. Mm -hmm. And if you hit all the right buttons, as you might say, yeah. you'd get a little cutscene with some decently explicit action. On including both sides. One, on both sides, ass. including on a unicorn one time. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um... I will say that I was very distracted by the female, especially like the female fighters, if you will. Oh, yeah. Like tits out at all tits times. Tits at all times. Just ridiculous cleavage. No yeah. like armor or proper, like, I don't know, having watched Wonder Woman this year and like mm -hmm. the, all that debate kind of about that armor and stuff, going back to this where it was just like tits out all the time and ridiculous size boobs. Yeah. And just, yeah, it was a bit frustrating and distracting for me to be watching that and yeah. i understand that you probably find it's that to be a treat, to men. but yeah for sure it's it was very irritating i mean Geralt was a bit of a looker himself so it's not yeah. like you never saw Geralt naked or anything sure but it was a lot of it was a game designed by men for men yes and yeah. when you look at Geralt's armor and then compared it to siri's armor sure. chris's armor it was like come on yeah what else there was also a whole card game built into it, like a Magic the Which Gathering we were type bad game. Bad at. Very bad. 
But you also didn't buy any of the nicer cards that would let you win. No. So you have to you have to really invest extra time in order to get enough money to then buy and sell goods, and so you can you can spend countless hours doing that. If but you, you can like do contracts to like you know decide missions to kill a monster to get paid from a village to then go buy yeah. stuff with that. And I think we yeah. did fine with money. We were never like out of money then no. when we needed it. And so there are a few different kind of worlds within the game. Um, my favorite was Skellige, still. Oh, I didn't like Skellige. It's just so many mountains. The graphics were beautiful. The though. graphics were really beautiful. Yeah. It was meant to be, like, Norway, maybe? Yeah, like a Norway, like, Scotland's, Alaska blend, kind of? I was going to say Scotland-Norway yeah. blends. Because yeah. they had kind of Scottish accents and a lot of, like, kind of Gaelic-esque words in there. Mm -hmm. But they were also kind of meant to be Vikings, and it was very right. snowy and uh, mountainous. So, I liked the the... Uh, graphics of that world. Yeah. I spent too long trying to go on side quests in oh, that boy. world to, to boost us a level yeah. that I just was very sick of running around the island and falling off mountains. Yeah. You had Novigrad, which was kind of the built-up city. We spent a lot of time there as well. Yeah. And then there's a lot of countryside kind of areas too. Yeah. So I did like the... Um, the one we played before, this is the only other one that I've probably like played for any length of time, was Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And that one was a bit irritating to me because... There were a lot of side quests available, mm -hmm. but, like, at the expense of the main quest. Like, it yeah. always really, really, really pushed you to do the next thing. Yeah. And I know you prefer to do that anyway, but for me, like, even if you stopped, stopped to just try and get, like, buried treasure on an island, mm -hmm. it would be like you're running out of time to do this and yeah. that. So, it, it was kind of this bad imbalance of yeah. there were side quests, but you didn't really have time to do them and there wasn't an easy way to travel between places to do them right but in witcher 3 there was like no stress they're like if you want to pause this other thing right now you can go off and do like yeah literally we'll even, be waiting when you come back yeah even like the most important missions they it would give you the choice of let's go now or i need to do something first yeah. and you could go and do a side mission yeah. and get it's a true. different level or just kind of take a break from the main mission which was nice and there were a lot of um kind of fast travel points they call them yep. so you could jump around from world to world if you wanted to go back and do a side mission in yep. a different you world you have to sit on the horse for 10 hours or on the stupid boats yeah um so i i got a little tired of it i think the the missions and the fights got pretty repetitive like i kind of expected the later villains and bosses to be a bit more difficult and it was mm -hmm. really the same type of moves and stuff from the previous fights like i didn't do yeah. you disagree with me? You're making well, a face like you disagree. I usually hate how repetitive games get. Like, and the yeah. ones that jump out to me are the Spider-Man games I used to play and the last set of Batman ones, where you would go to a different thing on the map and it was always either rescue this person or this guy is being a thief and you yeah. have to track him down. This one, the side missions and the main missions all were kind of... Like, related in terms of the actions you did, but they still felt unique to Like, me. the context was very different. They did a good job of making right. the storyline different. It wasn't the same, rescue this person and yeah. kill this person, and I agree with that, but the actual fight. So the I fighting thought. engine, I actually liked it, because a lot of it was based around dodging. Because I'm not actually a see, really good... I'm terrible at dodging, yeah, that's see, why I didn't I'm like it, I'm not a good button masher, like, I'm terrible at the actual, like... 2D fighting games where you're just like trying to hit combos and shit. See, I'm more, I like that better. Maybe yeah. That's why we disagreed. Like I'm, I, I think I'm better. At, I'm not very good at dodging because I'm not very like agile on the, on yeah. the, on the buttons. I'm not very like, I can't manipulate the buttons very quickly right. to be able to dodge and roll and do all this. I'd rather just mash the buttons and yeah. use the different powers and throw fire at them. Like that's more my style. Yeah. Like I remember my brother used to get mad because we didn't really play this type of like role playing game. Yeah. We played more like car racing or we had like um tony hawk sure bmx bike whatever yeah. or like a snowboard game my brother used to get really mad because like 
on the snowboard game, you go up and jump, and like you have different combos, so sure. different tricks. And like I would do better than him because he would, would just, be trying yeah. to click the buttons, and I would just go do, 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 and like yeah. get this ridiculous combo. Yeah, it's not going to help you in Witcher Three at all. No, it doesn't. You have not. special powers, but you have to activate them very carefully, and then they recharge at a certain pace, and then you have to know when to use it again. So it's a lot of timing. I got and better towards a lot the of careful end. strikes. Yeah, you were impressed with some of the ones I did at the end, yeah. fighting people. You fought trolls and lots of the things. Scary the sisters under the tree. Yep. And the scary ghosts in that cave that yeah. time. So I got better at it, but I don't have a ton of patience for dodge, 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 yeah. dodge. Like, whatever. I kind of just want to attack them. Well, you should have seen me when I first started playing the game. I got murdered, like, 20 times in a row. And I was like, I don't get it. I'm running up to the thing, and I'm hitting the button for sword swipe. And then I was like, oh, you have to be very careful. Like... Geralt can only take, like, three or four hits from a good opponent. And it depends on his armor. Like, now sure. we have better armor and better swords and stuff. But yeah. in the beginning, like, depending on the level of the opponent and sure. stuff. So. There's just a lot going on. It's the most detailed game by far. My favorite feature that I only learned about when we beat the game is mm -hmm. now that we've beat the game, we can go back and start a brand new game Correct. with all of our current just upgrades like a cheat and stuff. code practically. But it's amazing. That was that's what I would need because I'm not actually very yeah. good at it. So I like the idea that I could go back and do some of the like main storyline because I don't, there's a lot of um branching options for conversations and stuff, mm -hmm. kind of like a choose your own adventure kind yeah. of thing. Whereas like the game actually changes, not every single decision, but there are some decisions within a conversation that it changes the plot and the ending, depending on how you answer. And I always would have picked the opposite one of you when we were playing. Not always. <sighs> often. Often my yeah. often my instinct would be to click a different one than your first instinct. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to go back and see how mine ended up being different than yours. Yeah. But after having played at level 30, whatever, I don't think I would want to go back to like level 1. No. And have to do all of that again and stuff. Right. And but like, there's also two expansion packs in the version of the game we bought. Yeah. So we're, I'm definitely going to need like a bit of a break from yeah. Witcher because in the last couple of month, uh, couple of weeks we played it quite a bit to try and get through it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not done with the game. Like I think, I, mm -hmm. I think I'd like to go back and, and explore a little bit more okay. um, and see what else it has to offer. All right. Do you have anything to wrap us up with? I have no I've got a couple. I've got things. three quick ones. Sure, rattle them off. A Court of Frost and Starlight. Are you fucking kidding me, Sarah? No, that's the name? It so, sounds like you typed into predictive text. Yes, A Court of Frost and Starlight. So it is supposed to be like after the trilogy. And at the end of the trilogy... Oh, it's supposed to be over already? The third one that I read is the last one. Oh, my God. It's meant to be a trilogy. And at the end, it said, like, this isn't the end. Like, there's a coming soon in this universe. And I was like, fuck no. Like, that was a, a journey on its own <laughs> as it was. Like, it was it was a lot. A lot of ups and downs. Mostly yeah. downs with enough ups to make me say that I liked it. Which I know you disagree with. Mm. But um, it's it just seems like an epilogue book. Yeah. It's basically like, now that they've won everything, everything's not as perfect as it seems. It's like, no fucking shit. Leave something to someone's imagination. It does not it does not need an epilogue. Yeah. It was a way too long trilogy as it was. It does not need an epilogue. Milking it. No. What else? Um, cock blockers. Have you seen the uh trailer for that? No. It's got John Cena in it. Okay. And a couple other famous or Cena. people. Yeah. Whatever. And that's how you say it in Spanish. Okay. Anyway. And their daughter their three daughters have been friends since like since like you know elementary school mm -hmm. and it's their senior year and their prom night and the parents have like a spy thing and they find out they're watching their daughters texting each other and find out they have a sex pact okay but it's from the parents perspective trying to cock block their own children got it fucking bizarre comedy yes okay 
but very strange. Hmm. Not going to watch it. It was real weird. Hmm. Um, the other one, Ocean's... Downsizing sounds better to me. I heard that needed to be downsized. Hmm. It's too long. Okay. Um, the last one, Ocean's 8, the all-female yeah. remake of Ocean's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard that, I was kind of like, eh. When I saw the poster for it, I like got chills. Okay. Looks amazing. Just the poster. Yeah. Okay. And the list of names of people that involve, Ooh, are involved with, with it. Them. I need to really is get it better. Is it the SNL Ghostbusters crew? No. Hmm. Um, it is Sarah, uh, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina. I don't know who that is. That's a brand of water. It's spelled aqua, like awkward. Okay. Um, Rihanna and Helena Bonham Carter. Wow. And just look at that. Look at them. All lined up there. Different heights. And eight's my favorite number. Okay. I'm into it. Good. I'm into it. I didn't think I was going to be, but I like it. I'm into it. I'm interested to see how they go with it. And it's it's um, it's um tagline is, every con has its pros. Ho, 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 ho. It? Yeah. It's a pretty solid pun. All right. So I think we're ready to wrap up. But if our listeners out there are good this Christmas... If you've made it all the way through this over an hour podcast... You might have a special gift coming to you. If we can get our shit together. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. If we don't talk to you, if you don't hear from us, have the happiest of holidays and a happy new year. Here's to 2018 being better. Woo! Bye!